Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seek, Go, Create podcast. This is your host, Tim Winders. And as always, we have a fantastic guest today. We're going to have a great time just talking and chatting and getting a lot of great wisdom. As I've said so many times, my goal when I started doing these interviews was just to talk to really cool, interesting people and flip on the mic and let you listen in. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. I do encourage you and ask you to continue rating and reviewing and sharing the podcast. We are getting tremendous reviews. I am so grateful and thank you so much for that. And it is so appreciated. So thank you for that. Continue doing that. And without hesitation, let's go ahead and jump into the interview today. I am excited to have Jessica Yarbrough. She's a business strategist and marketing and sales consultant for entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk more about entrepreneurs and all of those items. And uh, one of the things that she has a very, I believe, unique niche in is she actually helps people who want to sell high value products and services. And you can guess I'm going to drill down on that and really give some information from that. She's got a background in international business, international business. She's built much multiple companies. I have uh, done some research and checked her out. And let me just tell you, we're going to have a fun talk today. There's so many more things in her bio that we could go into. We'll include that in the show notes. But Jessica, welcome to the Seat Go Create podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Tim. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad you're here. One of the first things I like to do, you know, we have these glow, we all have these glowing bios and all of this, and it's all great stuff. But I really love for people to just, in your words, tell me, what do you do? You know, I take individuals, I help them extrapolate their genius and turn it into a profitable product or service that they can sell for a high price point um, in the online world. So, you know, that that word genius, it popped up, I think, a couple of times when I was doing a little bit of research on you. And genius is a cool word. It's a big word. But when someone has a genius... um, Tell me a little bit more about that. Are you like a coach for coaches or do you help pull that out of people? Tell us more about that. Yes. Well, I definitely work with coaches, consultants, service-based entrepreneurs. um, And that could be something like I have a client that's a seven-figure call center. So if people who are in the service industry, when I talk about genius, the reality is that we suck at 85% of the things in this world. Like if you hand me a basketball, I don't know, what am I going to do with that? Right. But there's certain things that we're really, really great at. And so, so many people make the mistake of trying to chase the money. Like, okay, maybe I can do e-commerce drop shipping. Let me have a brick and mortar. And they're trying to, even, even we're growing up, they're like, I'm going to be a doctor or attorney because they make the most money. Right. This is the mindset of a child. Instead of just looking at what are our God given talents, what are the things that we are innately great at, not okay at, and then building a business around that core genius. Um, and that's that's something that you'll be great at, that you can, uh, you'll be fueled by passion, you'll be energized, you'll go places. So that's what I want to help people do. And, and I don't necessarily take someone who's just clueless, kind of wandering around, figuring out who they are. I really take people who've already um, had experienced skills, education, Maybe they worked in the corporate world or they built other kinds of businesses and they want to translate that into a a lucrative online coaching, consulting, or training company. Um, That's interesting. One of the things, this is years ago, I was kind of in in a marketing world that did a lot of work with coaching. It's when I started doing coaching, uh, I guess formally. I think I've kind of been a hybrid of that since early on. I wanted to be a coach when I was in middle school and thought I was going to be like a, you know, a basketball coach or something until both of my parents were educators. I found out they didn't make much money. So I wanted to change on that. But I, I've, I've always wondered, and I love your thoughts on this. I've heard it said that if, if someone is good at something and they have either monetized it or done well, whatever relatively well is, that they could teach that to other people for for a fee. Do you agree with that? Is that too simplified? Talk to us about that. No, absolutely. You can if you love teaching (laughs) and if you're a good teacher. Um, You know, I was just writing a post. I haven't uh, published it yet about how important it is to work with coaches or mentors that you can learn from that you actually are able to take in their information because some people aren't good teachers. And so if you can't learn from their free content, you're certainly are not going to learn from their paid content. 
So absolutely, can you take something you've been great at, like let's say you were great at you know, commercial real estate, and can you turn that into a coaching business where you help other people you know, build these massive commercial real estate portfolios? Do you like it? Do you want to help people? Is that your, is that your desire? Are you good at training? Do you know how to take complex ideas and break them down into simple digestible terms? You're a minister. I know you, you get a seminary score. This is what they do. This is why ministers, I have many that come into my programs are such great teachers because you guys know how to take something complex, make it simple and tell a story around it, which is the best way for someone to learn. So if those factors come into play, then yes, absolutely. You can start a training company. Yeah, and that, that's good. You're right. That's good with uh, like ministers, entrepreneurs, all of those kind of fit in the same category. A lot of people don't like doing that. That's kind of one of the things we do with this podcast. But you mentioned if someone is a good teacher. And this is something I've thought about a lot because I think part of our assignment in life is to find our gifting and pursue it. And one of the things I noticed kind of early on is I loved teaching, training, coaching. My guess is you probably did too. Yeah. We'll talk more about your background and how you kind of came to into this role. But do you think that someone, all right, this is the old, are people born with it or can they learn it? Uh, teacher, coach, um, skill sets. Well, I think it's both. I mean, I there are certain people who have a natural born abilities and I think those are going to be the top earners. I mean, that's the top. They're going to rise to the top of everything in their field, just the God-given talents. But can you learn and become better? Of course, we all that have that capacity to grow. I'm, I'm a believer in the growth mindset and that, you know, we can invest in our education and our future and acquire those knowledge and sharpen our swords, if you will. Um, but I do believe that if that is your edge already, you're going to go that much further faster. There will be a resonance that will be a magnetism that people can feel even through, you know, a virtual video. Yeah. Sure. Someone's listening in. I know, I know our audience, we have, we have a lot of business owners. We do have people in ministry and we do have people that might just be seeking and looking for a path, you know, to do some things. What are some clues that someone might have that they could be a teacher, coach, educator, type person? What, what would be something that you know? When do you know that someone might have it or not have it? Well, it could be a lot of different things. Um, one, do you do you have a passion for actually helping others? Some people don't. They're, they don't want to deal. I have, I have friends who have very lucrative careers and other things. They, they don't want to deal with people. So you got to be a people person. <laughs> That sounds odd. That sounds odd. That sounds odd to say, doesn't it? You and I are probably going, I don't get that at all. Yeah, but there are people who prefer to just build funnels behind the scenes or have e-commerce businesses. And they're like, I don't ever have to interact with people. So you have to be a people person. You have to get energy and, and feel alive and love, have that sense of a sense. I really want to help people. Um, you need to be a problem solver. Coaches are problem solvers, regardless of whether you're in the business field or the relationship field. That's what it's about. Um, you're going to have to understand that even with business, there's life involved. So you, you can't separate that. So there needs to be some almost um, a desire for bettering yourself, improvement, personal development, you know, um, that you're going to need to go down. And then do you like breaking down concepts? That's key. Now I bought programs where I took one look in their membership site and I said, Oh my gosh, this is the worst teacher ever. And I couldn't handle it or it's chaos. It's not organized. And so some people that, it, that, like I said, are not great teachers. They just were really good at what they do, but translating that knowledge is not their edge. So do you like breaking concepts down? Are you organized? Do you know how to structure them in a way that people are going to be able to follow the path that got you to your results? Those are kind of some clues that says, am I going to not just be able to coach, but am I going to be a great coach? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I've, I've always thought that something that I could do, and my guess is you're good at this, was just to take something really complicated and simplify it. Is that what you mean yeah. by breaking it down? Yes. Yes. Because some people, they just make a bunch of money and they're like, how did that happen? And so then they try to go back and retrace their steps. But what we want to do is be really, really clear and come up, like understand what is the methodology and be able to the path, the steps, the keys, the pillars, whatever you want to call it, and be able to break it down into learning objectives where somebody can say, 
I can follow what this person did and get the same results they got. Okay, excellent. All right, shifting just a little bit, I know that uh, the word entrepreneur is thrown around quite a bit. I actually think we're in the entrepreneur category because it's kind of a catch-all for a lot of stuff. But uh, I always like to ask people, especially with your background and dealing with as many people as you do, and how do you define entrepreneur? What's some of the key components of that word that might be overused and maybe even confusing to a lot of people today? Well, for me, a real entrepreneur is someone that has an actual business and not a hobby. So that's a discerning factor for me. Um, I also like to say you own a business, so there might be some pushback from network marketing and that sort of thing. It's like, for me, it's like you are the owner of the business. It is your business or you have partners or whatever it may be. Um, and it is a real business. You have your proverbial ducks in a row. Um, you know, you have your corporation set up, you have your paperwork, uh, you actually have steady income. That's a real business. <laughs> That's kind of thing. Not just, I actually have a full-time job and I kind of do this on the side. I'm an entrepreneur. That's where I think there's a gray area. Okay. Yeah. And that, so that's actually good. And that probably goes to something I'm going to ask you later on, which is your ideal client. My guess is, is those are a few check the boxes for you as opposed to, you know, I give you a call, say, Hey, Jessica, I've been thinking about doing this. I'm, I'm really good at quilting and I'm thinking about starting nothing against quilters, by the way. And I'm not, and I'm not really good just to clarify. Um, but I'm really good at quilting and I'm thinking about doing something online and making it. Would you help me? And do you think I'm an entrepreneur? Maybe not so much. Is that what you're saying? Right. Maybe not so much. And I also feel like entrepreneurs in general just have a different, there's a reason why I'm not going into companies and training them. I love entrepreneurs and the mindset around it, the positive, the, op the positivity, the optimism, the hunger, the drive, and not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. Like, I think people love the idea of it. Like, Oh, I can just work from anywhere in the world or be on my beach on the laptop. But really making it as an entrepreneur, it takes a lot of hard work, dedication, grit. I have so much respect when I see people much further ahead than me because I know that I've only even seen this much of what, of what their journey was and it's, and it's intense. I mean, I say that you, you talk to any entrepreneur and I know you've been highly successful and you will exchange war stories of everything that you go through. And it's not for the faint of heart, but the journey is we're in it for the journey we're in it for uh the stories we're in it for the unlimited potential that comes that we know we could never get any of that from a traditional job that's an entrepreneur in their essence yeah is um is failure a requirement to be a good entrepreneur <laughs> yes <laughs> are you sure happen. really no you're gonna fail forward everybody's gonna fail anybody who said they never fail is full of it like you, you learn and the sooner that you can fail, the better, because the sooner you're going to move through that, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a major, it doesn't have to be millions and millions of dollars. It could be a small failure. You learn from your mistake, you pivot, you move on. All right. This is, this might be me exposing myself a little bit. So don't overanalyze me or anything. Actually, you can go ahead. Um, I've always wondered if I just got bored easily doing repetitive things and I just would want to go do something new. And I tried to convince myself that that was an entrepreneurial spirit, but I'm, I'm not so sure. What are your thoughts on do entrepreneurs start, get things going, and then at times just want to move on and do something else? <laughs> do you yes. ever deal with that? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think everybody kind of, grass is always, always greener. Right? That is the human uh, condition. So it's why, I think this is funny, sometimes people will just be like, gosh, I'm so done with the grind of coaching. I, I think I want to go do whatever the thing is. And then my friends who are in actually the e-commerce, they'll say, you know, I'm kind of like, I, I want to start this coaching thing. I'm going to start this side coaching thing. And so it's this whole like push bowl between the grass is always greener. And I think that you have to always find the joy in what you're doing and that you have to work at finding joy. I mean, just like in life, you can look at the negative, you can look at the positive, you can say, oh my gosh, I'm six feet above the ground. What a grateful day to be alive. Um, or you can look and say, everything is wrong around me. And so I, everybody gets bored. 
sometimes I, I, some entrepreneurs just like, they love to solve problems. It becomes too easy. Some people, if they're bored, they'll just blow up their business consciously or unconsciously. So you just have to be aware of what you're doing and what your patterns are. And if you want to do something else, so what? Close your business down and create something else. Like it's fun. Why not? There's no limits. Yeah. I, I find it interesting. I think maybe the generation before me and maybe a few generations ahead of you, they, they would typically go to work somewhere and they could literally work in a location or an environment for 20, 30 or more years. There's still some of that, but is, is that hard for you to fathom? I mean, you seem like one. Yes. It's been really, I think the most I ever stayed in a company was four years. And honestly, it was probably two years too long. So that seemed to be the the max at two years where I, I, I want to work with people uh, or work for a company. And with individuals, I typically work for them. I work for everyone for at least a year. And then those that want to continue and, and go on to scaling another uh, a second year. And that's that's kind of the same in whether it's in the business world where I was working as an employee or whether I'm working as a consultant. That's that's kind of how I like because I like to do it because then we're going to solve the problem and we're going to go on to the next one or I have new people coming in with different problems. And so it keeps it interesting. Yeah, it keeps it fresh and interesting. I want to I want to shift a little bit. I, I think I shared with you before we turn on the mic that I started doing research a handful of days ago went into your funnel, opted in on some cool stuff we'll tell people about later that, that you have available. But um, I guess I want to, I at times, I'm an engineer by training, so I could be extremely big picture, but I could kind of go really detailed and also be somewhat, I share this a little bit cynical. So I, I want to kind of, this is a broad question, but the online world is, it's awesome and it's a mess kind of at the same time. You know what I mean? I mean, we've got influencers, we've got the celebrity status that kind of skews a lot of things, makes it odd. And one of the things you talk about a great deal is giving, helping people get credibility and things like that. So how in, I'll just say the mess to be a little bit negative, in the mess that's out there, how can someone have credibility online or out there in the in the, the, the web world uh, in today's environment? Well, part of it is how you show up, right? How you show up and how you treat others speaks uh, speaks so, so much. I mean, I'm trying to think of the word I'm lost in thought, but it speaks highly. Like it's, it's, it, it creates a resonant message. So for example, if you show up and you are connecting with people and spamming them with pitches right off the bat, um, cold messaging, cold pitching, sliding into their inbox saying, you know, you're just in time for my webinar. That is going to be at a detriment to your brand reputation and credibility. The, the flip side of that is you have a chance to connect, add value and focus on building relationship equity. That helps build your credibility. And I know because I can literally name client after client who came in that way, who were mid six figure to seven figure earners. And if I would have approached them in a salesy, icky, spammy, pushy way, they would have never gotten on the phone with me. So that's part of it. Number two is you actually give value. You lead with value. And I don't mean fluff where you get on the live stream and you're bragging about how awesome you are. I mean, really, you get out there and teach. You show people what you know. There's far too much fluff out there. There's far too many people just uh, giving the bare minimum to sell you the next thing. One of the things that really just skyrocketed my my credibility online and the demand for my services was actually taking my whiteboard out. You can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook and I'm there and I'm teaching. I literally broke down on a training today, three traffic sources and how to use those and when to use them depending on your revenue, like actually teaching, show people what they know. A lot of people hold back, but the reality is the, the transformation is not in the information. It's what you do with that information. Experts teach, they show people, you know, they know what they're talking about. And then those people that are qualified that have the means are going to raise their hand to help you implement everything. So that's credibility. That's where you rise above the noise. You know, the cream always rises to the top and you have a chance to really build an amazing platform if you do it the right way and follow the simple principle of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah, that's good. You, you mentioned a term I'm going to ask you to explain in a little more detail. You used a term called relationship equity. 
And, uh, you know, I've got a background, I'm a real estate guy, I understand equity, you know, it's the difference between typically what you owe or overhead and then what the actual, you know, market value is. But explain to me what you consider relationship equity to be. I've never heard that term, which is, it sounds cool. Yeah, it's building rapport, a treating, a building massive rapport with your audience. So rather than beating them up with your offers or selling them something that they may not even need, um, you're approaching the relationship with a high level of integrity and authenticity. You're value-based. There's no pitch because quite frankly, you don't, I, I never sell anything. Like if you scroll on my newsfeed, I do maybe two promotions a year. Um, and yet I have plenty of leads. And the reason why is because I'm just teaching, I'm showing, and I, I really build a lot of relationship equity, meaning my, um, I treat people as I want to be treated. I don't scrape emails or do any of those spammy tactics. I value the relationship. Um, I don't try to sell anything. There's always an invitation, you know, for more if you want to hop on a call. And, um, and I build that connection and that rapport with my, my audience members. So the people connecting, engaging with my content, they're always asking for more you know, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll actually bring it into messenger and say, Hey, you know, I made this video, uh, check it out on my YouTube channel. That's relationship equity. There's so much credibility and rapport and everything happening that people are actually going to stop and listen. The ideal clients that can afford your services are actually going to stop and listen to what you have to say. If yeah. you don't do that, they're going to block you. They will never buy from you. You get one chance at a first impression. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I even I, I recall that because I've I've received a few emails from you from your system uh, in the last few days, and down at the very bottom or, or somewhere it was like, "Hey, do you want to do a call?" And I was like, "Going, you know what? I would like to do a call." Fortunately, we already had this book, so I was already going to be talking to you. But I I think that's very cool. I love that mindset because it kind of goes back to one of the things you said earlier about just a willingness to help people. You know, in general, I think you're kind of this way too. I will get on, if my schedule allows, I'll get on the phone and chat with anybody. I mean, I, I will talk for a few minutes. Listen, I'm not going to talk for three hours necessarily because I don't even talk to my wife at times for three hours, even though we would love to. It's just we can't. Right. But I think there's that heart or that mindset of, you know what? We just want to help. We've got structure and systems in place, and it seems like, that's what you're talking about, just depositing that in people. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And and you can help. And um, there's so many ways that you can give back. And and I've had people message me and say, like, literally, I read your email and it gave me the courage to, to double my prices and they didn't blink an eye. Um, I had someone who, who said the same thing they, just the other day. He just sent me a message yesterday. He said, you know, I used to charge 2,500. I watched your training. I charged 10 and they did it. Thank you. And so you have such a ripple effect just by putting your message out there, even if that person never pays you. And so that whole mindset of give, uh, the more you give, the more you get, the law of reciprocity is a real thing. And so when you approach everything with what I, can I get from you, people can sense that, you know, and so giving without expectation, all of that's going to come back to you tenfold. Yeah. I've shared this before on previous podcasts, but that unfortunately was my mindset. I think I was a nice guy when I came out of school and I worked corporate. And after two days, I said, I got to get out of this and start my own thing. Like we talked about earlier, but I, I was working in business. I did some things with multi-level and, and sales and things. And, and Jessica, I, I will admit, I'm ashamed to admit that people had dollar signs on their forehead. And I'll tell you, I don't care how hard you work. I don't care how good you are, nice you are. That's going to repel and that's one of the things that we notice. So thanks for sharing that. I, I do want to talk more about value and how people understand their value later. I think I've got that in some of my questions. But before we do that, I always kind of like to go into uh, what are some of your bi biggest successes? And then I'm going to follow that up with some things that maybe defined you because of failure. So, and this is, no, it is okay to boast here. What are some of Jessica's biggest successes? Brag to us a little bit. Well, I mean, I feel like this last year was an ultimate fruition for me. You know, I mean, five years ago, I was pregnant with my daughter and a single mother on, you know, government, you know, food stamps for a very short time. 
And, you know, I set some pretty ambitious goals and it took me longer to get to the point that I am now than I thought it would. And I can tell you about some of those setbacks, but literally this year I was able, uh, and I'm very proud of this. I don't talk about it a lot, able to actually cross off those things on the giant yellow stickies that I had for years as goals. I mean, I live in San Diego. I moved into a gorgeous home in one of the most desirable areas. My daughter's in one of the top schools. I finally, I'm a single mom. I got to live in nanny, which allows me to enjoy time with my daughter. She cooks our meals. She does our grocery shopping and laundry. I mean, for, I was just talking to a single mother earlier today um, who was interested in my program. And I was like, I know what you, where you're at and this level of support that you want. And just being able to check those things off was really huge for me from going from a place of extreme struggle and not having financial support from her father, not really like just recreating myself, having this infant that I didn't know how to take care of. I mean, you know, he's first time motherhood and it's not like I worked in a daycare or something ever. So I didn't really know what I was doing. And then having just all the trials and tribulations that grow that come with those first couple of years where you're not sleeping and you're trying to make it work and you're an entrepreneur, you get trying to get people to pay attention to you to, to come from where I was to where I am. It's so inspiring and, um, and to realize your dreams and then to have done that while changing the lives of others is the most rewarding thing I can imagine doing. Um, there's, there's so many things with what you just said that is just jumping inside of me that I, I, I want to ask. Um, first thing is this, um, you mentioned single mom, so I'm going to kind of go there a little bit more to me yes. and, yes. and I have zero credibility in speaking to this being a guy that, you know, we've raised children together and, Raising children is one of the most is biggest blessings and one of the hardest things we'll ever do. Definitely. Amen. So let's go ahead and call it like it is, not beat around the bush. Um, to do that and build a company and build a business, I, I so applaud you and am so impressed with that. But I know that there are ladies that are building business as, as mothers possibly will with, you know, someone that's helping. And then there's some that are like you. Can you just speak directly to them right now, encourage them, give them a little bit more of that journey. You can go into detail or not detail, whatever you'd like to, but that's such a powerful message that I believe you have going from probably zero or less than zero to where you are now. Yes. I mean, definitely to those women know that you can do it. It's going to take even more work, even more grit, even more determination than other people. If you have a partner, great. Especially if they had reliable income, like honor that, be grateful. You guys should be taking full advantage of that and building your business. No excuses, right? Um, and if you are a single mother, you're just going to have to double, even triple down on what you do. And I wish that I, that, you know, I could be there to hold your child when they're sick so that you can work on your business but there is just things that you're going to have to go through that um, will seem like you are totally alone sometimes. And so you can lean to God, you can pray, you can meditate, you can go for a walk, take some deep breaths and just keep moving forward and hold the vision, trust the process and take action. And I promise you will get there. And when you do, you will be that much stronger uh, for having come through the other side of that. So, and I know it's not, <laughs> When you're in it, it's horrible. Um, but just keep pressing forward. Take the, the 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 money that you do make. Set a little aside to get the help you need. Start with things like getting a house cleaner. It's such a relief. Getting a babysitter one night a week. That's what I did at first. You know. Um, you know. And then you can work on getting a VA in your company, and then getting part-time nanny. Like just do it step by step, where you're actually getting support that you need. That'd be one. And then the other thing is take care of yourself. So don't be afraid to spend some money on yourself. Like go get a massage, take care of yourself um, because you killing yourself to make the business happen is not what you want to teach your child. And it is a marathon, not a sprint. So keep your head down, keep focused and, uh, but take care of yourself in the process. And you know, one of the cool things, Jessica, thank you for sharing that. Um, the, the other thing that just flashed through my mind while you were talking 
was that as people come to you for help, either to, you know for you to coach them or just to talk or, and get encouragement, the success you've had, the ability to, to do what you've done, and I was going to be asking you shortly about biggest challenges and things like that, and, and, and I'll get you to share about that, but you literally, the, the way you live, the way you're functioning takes away almost every excuse that most people would have. And, <laughs> and, and I, I, I say in some ways it would tick some people off. And in some ways people should say, thank you for doing that because most of the inhibitors to success are excuses that we make in our heads. Mm-hmm. And you just in probably two minutes or so, I'm watching the, the timer here, took away almost every excuse that anyone, male, female, whatever, could have. So thank you for that. We could shut this down, but there's so many more things I wanted to ask. But uh, anyway, all right, that is so cool. All right, biggest struggle, challenge, failure, anything just to let people know they could overcome and be where you are? (laughs) Like, where do we begin? (laughs) Well, you know, I... One, I'll say, and this is especially to the women watching, regardless of whether you're a mother or not, was self-sabotaging and not raising my prices a long time ago. That was one of the hardest lessons I had to learn um, was, you know, trading time for dollars and not raising my prices. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I'd share on many live streams kind of that journey. So I won't go into that, but just know this, that if you don't see and own your value, no one else will. Okay, so you get what you're willing to ask for. And so ask for more, ask for more from, you know, yourself first and ask more from others for your time uh, and don't be afraid of that. Um, The next thing is trying to do too many things. Distraction is any entrepreneur's biggest bottleneck. So get focused, get clear, pick one main thing. Don't try to be a Jack or Jill of all trades. Uh, If you want to rise above the noise online, you got, you got to be really great and focus on one thing. You do not need seven different product offerings. Uh, so stay focused and keep it simple. Simplicity moves mountains. Complexity will just keep you down in the trenches. Um, so those were lessons that I learned the hard way. Um, what was another one? Mm, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when they start to get to that hundred, dollars $150,000 mark is they're like, I want to scale. I want Everybody wants to scale. <laughs> you're not ready to scale. So take a deep breath. Enjoy the process. Yes, you're at 150 and you have to work way harder to make 150 than you do to have make three or five. Let me tell you that, you know, it's just that first, like, let me get to that mark. So um, rather than just trying to throw more money at marketing, which can just break your business, take a step back, honor the journey that you're way further ahead than you were one or three years ago and build in what you need on an operation systems and processes uh, level so that you can actually uh, take on new business and grow sustainably without bankrupting your business, your health, or your relationships. Mm, That's good. Um, So great tips there. Uh, One of the things I'm going to drill down a little bit more, specific example of a time that you said, okay, I failed. I don't want to use the word miserably, but man, I, I really messed up here. You had to recover, whatever. But um, can you think of a situation? Yes, yes. Can you tell Absolutely. us? <laughs> yeah, I think one. Well, I definitely had situations, real life situations happen in those three circumstances. I would say my biggest uh oh moment was when I had well, I was gaining momentum and I had that hunger. I want to scale. I want to scale uh, quickly. I was nowhere near ready, considering you know, how much time and energy it actually takes to get ready to scale a company. But I didn't know I was young and I was like, let's do this. So I said, I'm, I'm ready to grow. I'm just going to start outsourcing all these different things so that I can grow. So paying for, you know, $3,000 a month for someone to run my, or build my funnels, do my emails, run my ads, overspending on ads when my offer wasn't validated. So just all my, my, the margin that I did have was going out the door. Um, kind of getting uh, eyes glazed over and taking opportunities that were just a quick, you know, path to something that ended up totally flopping um, and kind of handing my trust and even parts of my business over to people, all kinds of things that kind of went wrong, collaborating, 
with people that haven't vetted. I tell people all the time, you know, I don't collaborate with people that I haven't actually worked with. So all these things that you want to do because you want to get there faster and you're so positive and you're just so almost, there's a sense of being gullible even where you're just like, yes, I'll pay for this. I'll take on this. I'll collaborate with you. And all of those things can put you behind months in, um, in your growth and can cost you. I know me personally, hundred thousand dollars that I spent on some pretty big mistakes. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the, that brings up something online world, coaching world, making money online, just business in general that has an online presence. There are so many people that can help you, help you, quote unquote, help you make more and it can be extremely challenging with all of that coming at you. And it sounds like you've experienced this. I've experienced it. What advice might you have for people that, you know, they decide to have an online presence. They put that they're a coach on LinkedIn or whatever. And then all of a sudden, everyone reaching out to them is going to show them how to make a, a million dollars or whatever. It sounds like you've experienced that. What advice can you give before we kind of move to another topic? Yeah. I mean, it's a couple of things. Uh, well, lots of different things. Number one, you want to make sure that they have client results, real measurable results, not this person was off and made me feel so good and helped me get clear, but actual measure results. Like I put X amount in, I get X amount out. And these testimonials should be relevant to what you do. So, you know, you don't want somebody who's done Facebook ads now coaching you on how to do messaging. You know what I mean? That needs to be the right uh, fit. And the closer that the testimonials are to you and your niche and your industry and everything, if you can resonate with their clients, then it makes sense. The other one is, again, make sure they're actually teaching and not selling fluff. So there's depth, there's depth to their character, there's depth to their teachings, there's depth to their content. You should be getting ahas, um, not enough to just kind of take you to a landing page with some sexy copy and get you to buy, but a real aha where you learn something, you can take it away and implement it right away. It's like I said, if you don't learn from their free content, and this was, again, one of the mistakes I made, then you're certainly not gonna learn from their paid content. So they should give you those breakthroughs. Um, another one is values. This is like so, so, so important to me. I think I mentioned, I was on the phone with a single mother and I told her point blank, you know, this isn't going to be a fit. I know where you're at, but there are people out there and know this that will tell you as a single mother of three children to sell your car to work with them. I will not because, and, and some people will say, well, you don't believe in your program. No, I like to rest well at night. Um, and I believe that I, well, I know I can help people, but I don't want to be that person. And so do, does their actions speak louder than their words? You know, are they trying to do something like that? Because that to me is in such lack of integrity and authenticity. I know plenty of people doing it and they believe that they are spiritually in the right to do it. I mean, I've seen it all. That to me doesn't resonate with me. And um, so your values need to be aligned the how they show up online um do they treat you with integrity i mean you can go back and just kind of scroll and see what they post what they complain about are they who they say they are and and then you'll hear it also in their voice you'll be able to tell on camera and you'll definitely be able to tell on a sales conversation how they treat you yeah that's good it kind of goes back you brought up integrity earlier and that's just kind of all in that integrity category so one of the things you bring up in some of your materials that you work with people on is you actually are able to help with people that are dealing with burnout. And um, I just kind of wanted to ask a little bit about that and what do you see in people and and what are maybe a few tips? Because I, I, I believe that our culture um, feeds burnout and and we've got so much coming at us and we have to work extremely hard to avoid it get out of it sometimes we don't even know it so talk to us a little bit about burnout and what you see in the position you're in yeah i mean absolutely everything is like hustle till you die work 17 hours 10x you know um and it's not sustainable and i have to work at, at balance balance is not something that just comes natural right we have to work at balance especially if we're driven i call myself a recovering type a and when you love your work and you love to create, it's like, it can become an obsession. 
So one of the ways I look at first is I want to make sure we're building a sustainable, scalable business, like I said, that doesn't break your bank account, your relationships, or your health. Because what's the point? A lot of people get there and they go really fast and they gain 100 pounds or they end up in divorce or whatever it may be. You know, they they sever their relationship with their child. So that's not what we want to do. You can build it, manage it, and, and still maintain a healthy balance in, in your life. One of the things we want to look at is you know, how, what your structure is. And so like one of my clients came to me, she had seven or eight different offerings. It was the second week in January. She signed up this year and she was already done, like exhausted. And so what we did was we dialed in, streamlined everything to two main offers, raised her prices. She was able to bring in a ton of money right away just by doing those simple adjustments. And everything is about streamlining and systematizing, simplification delete funnels, like get everything into one main or two main things, that level of simplicity and re reclamation of time uh, will give you so much more energy, so much more joy, um, just less to manage. So that that's one area. The other thing is I always ask, especially on my private calls, I want to know how are you? I don't want to know just about the business, but how are you? You know, are you slipping into what I often see in a lot of my clients, which is that default hustle that maybe they learn from the corporate world. So maybe there's patterns that they're going into where they're overworking. So I'll say, when's the last time you took a day off? Are you taking Fridays off? No, put it on your calendar and almost give them permission to do that. You know, you need to go get a massage, go sit in the sauna right now, like take care of yourself. Um, I think if we don't have someone reminding us of that, then we're going to default into uh, kind of the workhorse mentality that uh, has been indoctrinated in our society and in our brains since we were young. Yeah, especially our Americanized culture. We, we have to work against that. And I do want to make note that you have mentioned get a massage at least twice. So Jessica says, if you get anything from this podcast, go get a massage. So, and I'm, I'm thinking that, oh yeah, I need to do that. So yeah, I'm thinking, I was like, I, I woke up this morning saying I should have one today. So I think I will. <laughs> Very cool. Um, you know, that kind of feeds into productivity and I like to ask people about morning routines and you seem like someone, I mean, obviously you mentioned single mom, you've got help now, but you seem like somebody who gets a bunch of stuff done or at least that's my perception looking on the outside. What are some of the uh, habits? What's your, I, I love to ask people what their morning routine is because many times that will give some clues if you're open to sharing that. But what are some habits that help you produce the way you produce? Yeah, well, I don't set an alarm. I get up when I get up, which is typically anywhere from 5 to 7.30. So 5 or 6 will kind of be earlier in the week as we get later on. It's kind of 7, 7.30, and I allow my body to do that. Um, I have quiet time in the morning. That's when I'm reflective. That's usually when I do most of my writing. I sit down, I'm going to write my content um, when it's quiet. Um, and then I structure, let's see, my, I usually work out at the end of day. I know people say it's better in the morning, but that's when my East Coast clients are doing calls and everything else. So I try to get all of most of my work done before one or two. And then I have like relaxed free time or, or mundane things that I can do. Um, let's see what else. Mm, I try to organize my time, streamline. You know, I have a group program so I can hit a lot of people at once and help them at, one, at once. Um, I'm trying to think. It's all really around... Honestly, at this point, it's around systems and structure and how much I can delegate and, and what we can ditch that's not supporting the ultimate growth and vision of the company. And then yeah. in my personal life, just staying committed to, you know, gym, yoga, uh, time with my relationships, my friends, my boyfriend, you know, like having that quality time that's going to feed you so much, just going out and having a glass of wine with friends or watching a movie, just downtime, nurture time and a all of that, right? That kind of rejuvenates yeah. you. When when you, you know, someone might be sitting here and they'll be saying, yeah, you can do a lot of that now because your business is doing well. Back up and answer the same question as if I asked it, say, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Is your answer the same or is it slightly different? It would be slightly different. I still got massages and I still worked out. And you know what? If you have a kid, they have a kid's club at the gym. You pay $15 a month so you can get your workout in, no excuses, no matter where you live, 
Okay. So I always made self-care a priority. I did scale back on, um, some of my relationships. I know that I had to let go of a lot of things that weren't serving me. There was a lot of people who were happy to stay where they were. So this, a lot of the big social gatherings and parties and all that, I didn't do all that. But what I did do, and I still do to this day, is I have an intimate group of friends. They have kids, I have kids, and we still do it one to two times a week. We get together with the kids, we have dinner, the kids play. So that was always part of it. I did not date very much because quite frankly, I didn't have the capacity and I didn't have enough money to pay for the babysitter. You know, shelling out $75 to go on a date with someone you don't know was just not a good use of my time. So it wasn't really until I got to a better place in my business that I said, okay, you know, I feel uh, more financially stable. I can take care of things and now I can, you know, uh, date. But other than that, my social uh, relationships with my close friends and my self-care is very much a mirror of what it was two or three years ago. Yeah, that's good. So just for those counting, we've had at least three mentions of massages. So good. Yeah, we, we might try to work. <laughs> we, we may try to work a couple more in before we wrap up here. Um, I, I want to ask you in just a minute to give away some free advice. I know you do a lot of that online and we'll, we'll link to where people can get that. But there's a topic that you've brought up that I don't know if it's the most important we'll talk about. I think it's right up there, but it's valuing yourself. How does someone who really a coach, trainer, consultant, it's really what they believe they bring to the relationship. And I think there's so many ways we can go here, but I think I'm just going to kind of give you a little softball and say, talk about how to value yourself because there's a lot of people out there that they charge a, a small amount per hour or they they give stuff away give stuff away and they can't ask okay now it's time for you to pay talk about that well i feel like we downplay our greatest strengths things that become naturally to us seem so easy that we think oh everybody can do it when no everybody can't and so there's that thing that you have to work up against the other thing is i say and we can dive into mindset and I'll, I'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, and the, and the fear and all of that, that we have to break through in order for someone to say, I'm, it's $25,000 to work with me. I mean, there's a lot there that, to unpack, but what I will say is that one of the first things I do, no matter who comes to me is I want to know about your biggest wins. And so the biggest wins you ever have with your client. And when you start diving in and people light up and it, it they should say shock themselves with the numbers they come up with. Like, I had a client who literally had helped her client over the course of a year add like $2 million in revenue. And she charged her like $800. So when you point that things like that out, it, it brings up so much emotions, but they can see that there is such a lack of congruence that they are out of alignment and they have to step up. So that's one of the first things I do. And I see it. I've literally seen it from, people saving someone's marriage, helping them meet the love of their life, helping them have a baby when they were told they couldn't, like all of these things. And so you need to look at the life-changing transformations that you've created uh, in your companies, with your friends, with your clients, and understand that there is a huge value associated with that. And therefore your pricing needs to be congruent. And so that's where you justify with your conscious mind that you have the ability to do this and can command more. Now we have to break through the fear of actually doing it. And the way that we do that is by getting you really confident and creating an amazing program and package that you feel good about, and then actually going out and selling it. Because as soon as you do that, I promise you, the first thing you're going to say to yourself is, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. So, so money is a weird thing in our world. It keeps getting weirder and weirder, even though a lot of people have more of it. But, uh, do you think that money beliefs, tapes that people have about money growing up, does, does it come into play here? Is that part of it? Oh yeah, big time. Big time because when I, um, I shared that story about kind of like, I, I remember when my first coach, and I'll tell it, my first coach said, you know, all right, you're gonna go sell this for $5,000. I literally was like crying. I can't, and I have built several companies. That's what's stupid about the whole thing. But this is what, this is the thing. This is real, very real fears for people. 
I, I cried. I remember sobbing on the phone. I can't do this. No one's going to pay me. I'm not worthy. Like all of these things. Well, what was ironic was at the time I heard myself saying it, but I didn't necessarily believe it. You know, it was weird. Like you're kind of watching a movie and so you, you, you're not like it's there, but it's not you. And I was able to break through that. But what was even funnier was that over the years, as I pushed my clients into at the time selling 5K, 10K, and now upwards of half a million dollar programs, that their same tape would play mm. and it would be echoed back to me at, through the tears. And not everybody has tears, but many times through the tears and through the, I'm, I don't know who's going to value it. I can't do it. I'm not worthy whatever it may be. I, I don't know if I'm going to bring the value I'm promising, like all the insecurities and fears is all the same things that I went through. And so I believe that tape was played to everyone at a very young age. Most of us were raised by sons and daughters who were raised or sons and daughters, parents, right. Who were sons and daughters of parents who went through the great depression. Mm -hmm. So, you know, say uh, money doesn't grow on trees, saving stamps, rationing, you know, uh, cutting, coupons, all of these things we were raised with, it's a different mindset than, um, than the opportunities that exist right now, today. Yeah. You couldn't just go and do a live and generate hundreds of thousands of dollars like you can do now. It's crazy. Do you see any correlation? It's interesting. I think you know that I work with people in, in my for-profit business and they pay a nice healthy amount for what I do. And then we also have a 501c3 nonprofit that we do similar work for people in ministry or things like that. Um, and it's real interesting. There's this middle ground. I'm going to ask your thoughts on this. Maybe you can help me dissect this. There's this middle ground. People over in our nonprofit, they are so appreciative. You know, they are, they love what we pour into them. And then people that pay x amount or above very appreciative but then there's there's this middle ground of where if in a soft moment i said sure i cut my rates by 50 percent or yeah we could do it. it's almost as if and i don't know if i have a a, a big uh sample size but it's almost like it's harder work for the in that free or low cost area do you agree or disagree absolutely it is it's a hundred percent like that's why i don't even market to it i just give my free stuff away and that is my act of service because i know people are they i get messages all the time like they're being inspired they're getting results they may or may not ever work with me but that is my act of service mm -hmm. for these people then i have my high paying clients who get it but any of that middle ground there's plenty of people who are out there and they're happy to serve them that's not me. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I'm not here to work with everybody. I'm not the yeah. cheapest coach out there. I'm the first person to say that. And that's okay. That's not my model. I'm not a churn and burn market to the masses, you know, at whatever cost, even if I can't even help you. I mean, there's plenty of those people out there. Um, and they are, those clients are more work. They usually uh, have a greater sense of like, you know, everything is on the line. So there's more pressure. Versus somebody who says, yes, you know, I'm, I'm liquid. I, I can fund money into a system. I can do all these different things. It's a different mindset. And that's actually the clients I prefer to work with. I don't want to be someone's last resort. I don't want them to sell their car. Like we talked about, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll have a very frank conversation. Like, I don't know if you can really do this or if it makes sense for you and yeah. let them come to the conclusion that, you know, that it doesn't make sense right now. So I don't want to, you know, that's not what, what my, uh, my values are. So I agree with you 100%, which is why I choose not to serve that market. Yeah. And that's good. And, you know, you, and I think you have so many things available that we're about to discuss that someone could go from zero to one of the things you, you talk about, you say zero to half million, you know, in business. And then you also talk about seven figure business. Right. And you, you make things available for that. But I, I do want to ask, that, that's pretty rare, really, for someone to have a half million business and then for it to be a seven-figure business. Why, why is it rare from what you've seen? Why is it a challenge for many people to do that? Well, I think the first challenge is the, actually the 100, 150K mark, right? 
uh, I, I've mentioned that before. I, when, once you've gotten that, it becomes a lot easier because you've got your messaging, you've got your audience and everything dialed in. Why do people struggle? Hmm, there's so many reasons. Um, I'm not a proponent of low ticket course model courses or membership model that require a ton of work, energy, volume, traffic that most people have. I am a fan of have a transformational program, have a conversation and roll people in it. Simple, simplicity trumps. So that would be one area I think people can definitely uh, strengthen. Um, another one is I say the biggest two things that hold people back if we're not getting into offers and raising prices, because those are huge, um, would be wasting time, uh, meaning they're, they waste other people's time. <laughs> you know, they, they let people waste their time. They scroll on social media. They're not disciplined uh, with how they spend their time. And then that's number one. And then number two is analysis paralysis. Like we are literally a society that is dying from overthinking. People don't make decisions. They just think and then they think and then they think and they, they talk themselves out of everything. They survey everyone around them who's just gonna bring in their fear and insecurities and they don't move forward. And I see this all the time. In fact, someone was on a, a call with me, booked a call with me yesterday and I didn't realize it until a few minutes like, before I got on the phone and I got on the phone and I said, wait a minute, we talked last February. And he was like, oh, you're right. And I said, what has happened in the last year? And guess what had happened? Nothing. And nothing had happened. And what was sad was he was actually in a place where he thought he could afford me at this point, but my prices had gone up. And he said, oh my gosh. And I said, so that's just what I mean is like, instead of taking a whole year to try to figure it out on your own, like if you know you need help and you find someone that has the solution, don't overthink it. Of course, like I said, make sure they have the results. You're learning something from them. Your values align, whatever they may be. And then take action, make the decision. And then when you make the decision, you see it all the way through. You, there, you don't go halfway. You'll be lucky to get a quarter of the results. You take it all the way, like football, all the way down the field, right? You're going you're gonna to cross the finish line, touchdown. That's what you want to do. And that ability to make quick decisions and to execute with precision and speed is what separates the good from the great, right? Those are the people that are really going to make it. And I say that um, I'm always my coach's best case studies because that's what I do. If I want to work with someone, I'm not going to sit there and think about it for two months. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to get on a call and then I'm going to do everything they say and I'm going to do it fast. And because I'm going to make sure I get the return. Right. I don't, I'm not going to sit on it and think about it and overanalyze it. And so that's what you have to do if you really want to get to higher and higher levels of success. Mm -hmm. That was a long answer. <laughs> Good. Good. There were so many things there. Gosh, there's so much content here and, and uh, we need to start looking at wrapping up. And I've got a few other things I really wanted us to cover. But I, I one thing that I heard in that that I observe is you mentioned wasting time and to me that has an exclamation point on it because we are we're in a world where there's so much information there's so much ability it's so easy like you said scrolling or let's just go ahead and put this one out here and make some people mad binge watching um things on television it's so easy to do and we haven't had a television we've got one but we don't have any access to things for 20 something years and that is one of the biggest time wasters that I've seen. So, all right, that's good. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start picking up the pace here because I've got some stuff. You have a video course that's yes. available for people, and I've gone through some of it, just a, a little bit of it, though. So can you, uh, to the people listening in, tell who it might be for? We're going to put links so you can, you can yes. verbally give the link and tell where they can find it, but we're also going to include it. Tell us about that, what people can get from that, and uh, what they can expect. Yeah, so it's a, it's a free four-part video series. It's about 45 minutes long, four videos, 10 to 15 minutes each. And it's really about how to structure a high-ticket um, coaching or consulting business that you can take to, to half a million. And so how you decide to structure your offers is like up to you, but that could be 50 high-paying clients at 10,000. It could be 
you know, uh, 20 high paying clients at 20,000 or whatever it may be. You guys do the, do the math, but it's, it's getting you to that point so that you can download for free. Um, with that, I, I, if you're on my list, I give a ton of free materials and trainings away, uh, worksheets, frameworks, catch me on LinkedIn live every Tuesday at nine or in my Facebook group, uh, coaches and consultants scaling to six and seven figures. So lots of value, lots of, um, goodies that you can kind of nibble on, take those gold nuggets away um, and start to execute your business. Yeah, that's good. And then you also have that probably people can get there. You have some programs and, and some ways people can work more with you on a personal basis, correct? Uh, of course. Yeah. Just go to jessicayarborough.com and, and it tells you all about me and my programs and you know who, I, who it works for, who it doesn't. And you can watch my uh, case, test, case studies and you know if you're ready, fill out an application and if it's approved, we'll, we'll get on a call and, and have a chat. Very good. I think Jessica, this has been so encouraging, I believe for anyone that is, I'll use the term doing something. I think it, I think many of the things you've talked about spill over to, you know, maybe not just a coaching business, maybe not an online business, but brick and mortar or, you know, someone who might be working in an environment. I think it's been so encouraging, but one of the things I want to do before I maybe ask a final question or two is just, I'm going to, give you a minute or so just to speak to people out there that they may be business owner, they may be in ministry, they may be, I don't know, and just, I guess, maybe encourage them. You know, there's a lot of currents that people have to swim upstream against. And I, I can tell that you've done that, probably done it a good portion of your life, but, but you're at a place now where the current is starting to work a little bit for you. So... Can, can you just encourage our listeners, just all these business people, ministry, why, anybody listening, encourage them for us? Right. So I would say, despite what may seem insurmountable obstacles in your way, you can overcome it. And quite oftentimes, we like to point to things like our circumstances, but really the only thing standing in your way is you. And so it's up to you to be bigger than your BS to rise above your circumstances, to rise above your stories, to drop the victim card and take full ownership and personal responsibility for your life, for your, for your legacy, for your family. And to say, I'm going to be bigger than my BS. I'm going to be bigger than my fears, my insecurities, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to create the life that I've imagined. Mm, that is so good. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jessica. And, and I, I just encourage everyone, we're going to put links in the show notes for you to connect with her and, uh, and get some of her free information and connect with her, even if you want to do that at a more in-depth level. Um, last couple of kind of quick questions I like to ask them of everyone. What, what's next? What's, and, and it can be as broad or as narrow as you want to answer. What's next for Jessica? What's next is volunteering at my daughter's school today. <laughs> oh, what is going on? Tell us. Oh, it's just something I like to do. It's one of the great benefits of owning a business is being able to go volunteer in her classroom. So um, I do that multiple times a month and it's fun. She loves it. She loves having mama present. So that's what's on today's agenda. <laughs> I did want to just work in the word massage one more time, but as good as getting a massage and massage. And massage yes. <laughs> so that's for those, for those keeping a account at home, that's at least three, maybe four and a half that, but um, I've always found, and I'm about at the time of recording, it's about to be a grandparent. So I'm super excited about that, that children allow us to keep a perspective on the things that we think are really, really important in life. And so my guess is that is a great pressure valve release for you. Is that correct? It is, as is, you know, instead of going to the gym, just going for a walk right up the street and, and taking her to the park. It's uh, getting out in nature, you know, just dropping into that childhood innocence and that bonding time. It's, it's magical. And that's really what life's about, not just, you know, the computer and uh, <laughs> building your business. And it's, it's, it's about enjoying, you know, your the time with the people that you love most. Yeah, that's excellent. Last question. Seek, go create. It's the title of our podcast. Three words. Uh, does one of those words jump out at you more than the other? And if so, why? Go. Definitely. People need to go. <laughs> Stop seeking. I think there's a time and a place for seeking. Um, there's a time and a place for creating. A lot of people get stuck in creation mode, but your ability to go, go, go execute, just like I talk about to me, that is what 
um, is going to propel you forward. That's what's going to give you momentum, not just the creation or the seeking mode. So go. Yes, Jessica, thank you. This has been so enjoyable. I know our audience is going to get so much from this, and I'm hopeful that they're able to connect with you and possibly do more work with you, and, and I'm excited for that. Well, for all those listening, this has been a fantastic episode. I, uh, I always have expectations. This has far exceeded mine, and as I always tell people, I just, I'm, it's such a blessing that I get to do this. I get to talk to just awesome, cool people like Jessica. So if this has been a blessing to you, if you've enjoyed this, I would just ask a favor. Please rate it, review it, share it. Uh, I know I know that you know some people out there that might be either single mom, business person, or maybe not valuing themselves, might need a coach, or most importantly, might need a massage, that they need to listen to, <laughs> that they need to listen to this podcast. So please, please, please share this and rate it. We appreciate it very much. So until next time, thank you for listening to the Seek, Go, Create podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seek, Go, Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new, we are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.